Welcome to another Quantum Conversation, brought to you by AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and I invite you to sit back as we enter the quantum realm, that space of the greater part of you. It is your connection to infinite possibilities, infinite potential, and infinite mastery. Welcome everyone. As we're talking about infinite mastery, we're talking about identifying and breaking um, limiting cycles so that we can truly transform in our life. And my guest today is the author of Decoding Your Emotional Blueprint. Today, we're talking with Judy Wilkins-Smith, who shares on money DNA and how our emotional blueprint is affected with our relationship to money. Judy, thank you for being here. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Lauren. It's lovely to be with you. Yeah, it's nice and hot in Texas. I, yes, okay. <laughs> we are in the summer. We have just passed the solstice and it's just so beautiful. The energies are really fascinating as we are clearing density, we continue to clear density. And isn't this amazing that we're talking about money DNA because that is dense. Our, our word money, I think we may even need a new word for money because it's got such a negative feel to it for many, many people. But we're here today to kind of help smooth that out and get rid of it. So let's talk a little bit about this topic, money DNA, because you're going to be teaching a course. And so this is an introduction to that course that you're going to be offering. And so we're excited about it. So how do we know how healthy our money DNA is? Very, very easy. All you've got to do is sit down and write down all of your thoughts, words, feelings, and actions about money. And you're going to know very quickly whether you, whether it tweaks you, you know, that lovely gut-wrenching feel where your heart goes and your brain goes, what do I do? What do I do? Yeah, no, then you have a problem. We, Houston, and that's where I'm going, Houston, we have a problem uh, with your money DNA. Now, you know, I always say to people, you don't just inherit your physical DNA, you also inherit your emotional DNA, your patterns of thoughts, feelings, actions, your language, your inactions, and in particular, you also inherit your money DNA. So it's those same patterns of thoughts, feelings, and actions. And so what you're doing is you've got your money ideas, but you and you think they're all yours, but not so fast, because when you start to look, you'll see that you got them from somewhere. That may have been an event in your own life, but very often what it is, is it's an event in someone else's life. And when it's significant enough, that begins to flow downstream because it wasn't res <clears throat> wasn't resolved. Excuse me. It wasn't resolved. It didn't go well, and now it's looking for someone else to change that up just a little bit. And all you need is one degree of change. One degree of change is huge, and a one degree of change looks like rewiring the brain with one new thought, one new feeling, one new action. But as you said, money has been given an incredibly bad rap. And it's a pity because money is, and you had the right idea, I think, with the word, money is flow, it is energy, it is fun, it is, it is loving. It's also not a commodity. 
It's a relationship. And your relationship with money is going to be reflected in your outer world. It just seems like everyone, well, not everyone, because we can look around. I've often been intrigued by, say, for example, two people who, uh, in my own life, two people we all met in Taiwan, Taiwan, Taipei, Taiwan, as young adults. And now, you know, 35 years later, looking at how the lives have gone on and how one person can be wildly successful and abundant in everything. And the other person continues to struggle or, or have lack. And so it's the relationship to money, isn't it? I it's mean, they, they, they're both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a relationship to money. It's also, and people go, it can't be that simple. And it is. It's your pattern of thoughts, feelings, and actions. Because what we don't realize is it's also that head, heart, gut connection. The minute your heart closes to the idea of money because you've been told that only greedy people have it and only thieves and liars and cheats have it, there's no way for you to see the opportunity or to see money as anything different. It's the only way you can see it. So if it comes visiting, you won't even see it. Uh, I always tell people, I I went to a casino when I was very much younger, went to a casino with my mother-in-law and... excuse me, went with my mother-in-law and um, I had her pot of coins and my pot of coins. And I put three in and I hit the jackpot and we could really have used that money. There was also another sentence in my family, it was honor above everything and truth was it. And I suddenly realized I'd put three coins from her jar, not mine. So now any other person would have gone, oops, taken the three coins and put them in, but not me. I walked over and I said to her, I hit the jackpot, but I used your coins by mistake. Here it is. And she took it. And everybody went, oh, that was mean. And I said, no, that was not mean. Money was trying to have a relationship with me. And I found every way I could to shut it out. If it didn't come in with a pretty pink bow, exactly the way I imagined couldn't have it. And many of us do that. We're taught terrible things about money. And and money, I think, is no different than love or health. It's that metaphors. And it would quite like to be loved. And when you do, and they, they say love of money is the root of all evil, right? No, it's not. Lust of money, maybe. Love of money means I'm a wise steward of money. I use it well. I enjoy it. I share it. That's not a terrible thing to do. So in the example that you shared, it's very interesting. So one would look at that, one may look at that and say, that's integrous. You showed integrity because it was not your money. Right. You could have easily taken that and said, I want it because you were the one who put the money in the the jackpot or in the in the machine but yeah so in are you saying that at that time you had an issue with money and you didn't oh yeah at that, okay, so at this that was time. you this yes. was you not receiving this was me not receiving I mean money tried everything and I would go you know not for me or I would have to charge or I wouldn't charge or 
Oh, I, I mean, I was a genius at rejecting money. And it was only when I, and, and yet, if I look back as a kid, before all of this, this stuff came in, as a kid, I had loved it. There were little cannas that my mom grew, canna lilies, and they had these seeds. And I figured out as about, at about three or four, if I gathered all of those and gave them to her, she could plant more and we'd have more and more and more. So I knew something about collecting and harvesting and growing. And then growing up a little bit more, I would see people throwing their bottles on the side of the road, but those would give you a penny. Yes. So I'd pick them up and take them in so, and really enjoy that. I could save some and I could do things with it, but I lost it as I got older because life happened. And instead of being in flow with it and really enjoying it and saying, how can I do this? How can I welcome money? And it was, oh, my goodness. I don't have enough. I don't know what to do. And so it didn't matter how the opportunities came in. I couldn't see them. Yes. All right. And so here you are. And the author of emo Decoding Your Emotional Blueprint. And we're using money as one of the ways to begin and seeing that emotional blueprint. So it's interesting because whether it's family members that hold beliefs that we pick up on, or maybe it is in our DNA carried down through the generations of our ancestors. If we've gone, uh, you know, my mom, ooh, my mom's dad and mom went through the depression. She was born oh. after the depression, but they were, they were the types that would take ketchup bottles and, and, and the very last put water in it and use the last of the ketchup. And that filtered down into her into a point, which is well beyond money, but her just giving, throwing her arms up in life and saying, oh, well, this is how my life is meant to be. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So where do we begin here? If we're decoding our emotional blueprint, we're using money for it. Can you share more about this uh, decoding process? And once we do have this list, what do we do from there? Change the relationship. Absolutely. So the first thing is we've got a library that's stocked full of really not pleasant things. So what I would say is you want to sit down and you, again, you want to write down all of your thoughts, all of your feelings, and all of the actions that you take around money. And then ask yourself, when did that first start for me? What was happening in my life at that time? What did I make it mean about me? And what did I make it mean about others? And then you want to ask yourself, who else in the family has a pattern similar to this one? Now, it may be that you're the originator of the pattern because it was a, an awful event and you said to yourself, I will never, ever do that again. Money's not going to be in my life. It's not going to be an issue. I can do whatever it was. But find that source for yourself. So either timeline it on your own life or else go and look into your genealogy because genealogy is a lot more than just where you belong. It's what were the events and what were the effects. And then just listen to yourself and, and ask yourself, what are the, the mottos around money? What is my general feeling around money? 
when I think about money, when when I've got to pay things or, or if I'm, I'm invited to do something, what happens in my heart? What happens in my gut? And what happens in my brain? Because if the heart is closed, the gut will squeeze and the brain goes survival, 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 survival. When the heart opens, the gut becomes the inner compass it was meant to be and the brain starts looking for opportunities. And, and then I, I have this, this theory that the universe is going, catch her while she's away, quick, 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 quick. So you really want to be open to restocking your library of thoughts, feelings, and actions. And if there is someone to who um, did struggle, to understand that belongs with them. Very, very importantly in your life, there is always a pattern trying to stop and a pattern trying to start. The pattern trying to stop, it frequently belongs to multiple generations, but the pattern trying to start is the pattern that only you can create. And of course, the Great Depression gave us a plethora of those patterns. People who hoard, people who always have to have two, people who, as it comes, it goes out. So it's in and out because we know you could make it all and lose it all. Um, fear around money, despising those who have it. We've just been through a pandemic that's similar, right? And given us the same sort of thing. Some people, many people crashed and burned. Many people struggled. And some people didn't. Some people went, oh, I wonder what's possible. Yes, um, very good point that you bring up. And as we go through this shift of the ages, I think it's vital that we really do this work and we trace down these feelings and these thoughts and these emotions about money. Because I love what you said, the new pattern that we're creating the patterns of perfection for new earth are the patterns that only us can create. Yes. And so it really becomes wealth consciousness, not lack consciousness, wealth consciousness. And, you know, in my own life, you and I chatted before this show, I had my experience of going through lack consciousness, bursting through it. It took me a while, but the good news is that if we do it, uh, it gets faster for other people to, to transition through this. And that's what you're here to help people do as well. And yes, Sharina, we will be taking your question. Raise your hand in our Zoom panel. But those despising those who have it, I do remember in my young adulthood when I was still in wealth, uh, lack consciousness, we could call it right. poverty consciousness, but it really is an umbrella of lack consciousness. Mm -hmm. And I would take a pity party on myself and I would, I would not recognize the beauty of other people's success. Instead, I would feel less than because right. they had the success. And so someone did make me shift through that. And it was amazing the feeling inside as we take those shifts. So we can do this with money because money is so important. I think that is a number one way um, that people, that could be a big question that people have. A number one question that people have is where's my abundance? How can I manifest more? So it is very, very interesting. And I wanted to share on, you know, a personal experience 
that I had as well. And it was breaking lack consciousness, moving into wealth consciousness. It was just watching the words and the thoughts as well and, and moving them out. And now, because I've done that work, and there's actually a system. It actually opened me up to new tools, tools that banks use, but they're never going to tell the masses. Like right. a home equity line of credit. We can use a home equity line of credit as a checking account. It's reverse, but it actually allows us to float other, it allows us to float money at the end of the month and use that money before our income comes into it. That's not what we're talking about today. But the point of this story is that I am excited now to pay my bills every month. Yes. And so that's the shift right there. Be excited no matter what is in the, and there's money games that we can play to help shift our frequency as well. But I just want to say that we've got this, right? We've all got this. It's not some pie in the sky dream, but it's nope. things that we can do and it's tangible. Yes. yes. Okay. Very much, very much. And there's another piece that may help uh, people understand it a little bit easier in terms of manifesting because I, I see somebody was talking about manifesting. It's yes. people always say, what's this manifesting thing? You're doing it all day long, all day long. And here's how it works. When the brain tells the body a story that the body can believe, that becomes the new truth. And so that's part of it. When you were talking about um, being happy about it, it's being happy and being grateful. In other words, using elevated emotions not survival emotions. Uh, yeah. And so, and, and because we're doing the survival one, I mean, we're, we're really good at that stuff. Oh, you idiot. What were you thinking? Why did you do that? You're so stupid. And the body's going, and it feels it. Well, it's exactly the same when you go, look what happened. Look what we did. This is incredible. I'm going on an adventure. Here's my, my goal. This is going to be exciting. And the body's going, whoa, let's run. It really is about that, that frequency that you were talking about. But simply put, it's when you tell yourself a strong enough story and you go, yes, the story takes hold. Oh, I love that. I absolutely love it. Okay, so here we go. Um, before we get to Sharina's question, Sharina, I know that your question and your experience is going to be helpful for all of us. Can you talk a little bit about the word DNA? Is there anything more that you wanted to add to money DNA? That really is fascinating because, again, you were alluding to it when we say it's, it's other people, it's outside of us. Is there anything else you want to add about money DNA and how we can shift it? Yeah, I think it's important for people to really, really understand that it is inherited. You can do that one of two ways. It may be a significant event that creates an impact, and that becomes an epigenetic imprint on the system that flows down. Or you get that by hearing or watching what happens to others and either repeating it or pivoting. You often see people say, I looked at my mother, she worked three jobs, I decided that wasn't going to happen. And that's when I became a good student. So one of the pieces with money and being able to manifest it is giving it a really good goal. Money grows when where you tell it to flow. It does. If you don't, you're holding it in your hands like water. 
That's a really good point. Um, and that's, you know, most people, like, for example, those who win the lottery find themselves with pennies, pennies left after yes. just maybe yes. 10 years. Or what is there? There's a, there's a, there's a study. Most people who inherit money within five years, it's all gone the inherited of the money. And when we do exercises, uh, money games, one money game from Abraham Hicks is, you know, to uh, spend a thousand dollars a day. And the next day you have a thousand more dollars to spend. And every day it increases by a thousand dollars. So by day five, you have to spend $5,000. Day six, you spend $6,000. Supposed to do that for one month. And what happens for me in my own life when I did that is it opened me up. At first, I took care of the things that I wanted, my desires that I couldn't have. And then I started looking around at how I could help. It literally makes us a philanthropist. And yes. then money flows, money flows. It just began to flow. So yes. see, these are exercises that are really good at expanding us. But if we don't open our consciousness to how we would use the money, some of us are struggling so much that we can't even think of what we would do if we even got, five thousand dollars right right dollars or a million dollars like the lottery right absolutely it has to have a purpose and a destination what you're doing with money is you're not it's not it's not a commodity it really is flow but you're also teaching yourself at the same time i'm a co-creator things are possible so so you're literally making your dreams come true for me, it was the, the first big one was I wanted timeshare at Disney because Disney is my favorite place on earth. And my dad had taught me an envelope system, uh, so much for saving, so much for spending, so much for investing. What it, there were five of them. And so I went back to that. And every time somebody gave me a little bit extra or I did something and there was more coming in, that was the first thing I did. And that's one of the rules, pay yourself. So uh -huh. I put it into the envelope. My brother was coming over and I had enough for their accommodation and airfare. But when I looked at it, it was enough for a down payment on the timeshare. And I remember walking in to this two-bedroom, two-bathroom, beautiful complex at Disney at the beach club going, oh, my goodness. I just made a dream come true and I didn't just spend it. I invested in it because this is going to bring us joy for years and years and years. So for me, two things are important. You've got to invest it so that it'll grow or, or buy something that will grow and give it a destination that's fun and beautiful and healthy. And then people will say to me, well, fine, but if I go on a vacation, how am I growing? You just grew your experience. You moved outside your little box. And next time you're going to want something bigger and invest in your wants because humanity doesn't move without wanting. Wants are sacred. They're not greedy. Mm. So what would you say for those who are, it's, it's such a unique individual uh, journey for each of us. And so what would you say for those who tend to hoard money or not spend it or, um, you know, 
like just put it away in savings, save the savings for a rainy day. I know that's important for some to feel safe in that way. Right. That could definitely be from ancestral lineage due to the depression and other things that went on but what are your thoughts about about that with people because that's definitely a pattern right a pattern from yourself that is imprinted with us and so how would we shift the emotion and the thought yeah first you've got to know what the emotion is as luck would have it I have a couple of more than a couple of very wealthy clients and they have that pattern not going to spend it. We're just going to, you know, we're going to accumulate it. And so what I do with them is I I say to them, so when you accumulate it, what is the thought? Well, I'm going to be safe. It's going to be secure. I won't have to worry. Who worried? I watched my mom and dad worry. I watched my grandparents worry. I have somebody who's incredibly wealthy. And I said to them, do you understand? You're the genie within the lamp. You can literally make wishes come true. You can do what you want. And they went, what do you mean? And I said, you have all of this. You will never spend it in a lifetime. What are you doing with it? Oh, so I said to me, yeah, you're so focused on being secure that you haven't looked at all the incredible things you can do with it. And so it's really looking at what is the root sentence that governs that need to hoard. And then... So that's the one trying to stop, right? The pattern trying to stop. What is the pattern that's itching to start? Because the two always look at each other. The one trying to stop is the one that has outlived its usefulness. The one trying to start is the one going, I have an idea. I have a road. I have a purpose. Can we do this? So they sit next to each other. This one becomes the wisdom when you raised it. And this one becomes the launch pad. So if you're frustrated, that's the old one. If you have a dream and it excites you, that's the new one really trying to get out. Yes, that's so beautiful. And so um, you must certainly then, you did say invest in yourself, invest in, in the joy. So when people have a big savings, and they want to go off on their own, that would be an ideal time if it feels right then to invest in ourselves, to make our lives better, to build the dream. But you know, there's deep, deep rooted beliefs and fears in there. Absolutely. And you know, yeah, it's like when I do the events that I do, one of the things I hear most often, in fact, I'm doing a money DNA event in November at at Disney World. And one of the things I hear the most often is, but that's expensive. And I go, yep, it's designed to make you stretch. Until you're willing to get out of your comfort zone, you're going to repeat the same thoughts, the same feelings, and the same actions. But but I will guarantee, and you know this, the minute you start changing that and investing in self, it isn't selfish. It is centered in self. And you 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 hit it beautifully early on when you said, um, now what was it that you said? You said, oh, once I have a lot, what do I want to do? I want to share it. That's for all of us. If you fill your own cup first, you have more than enough here and plenty to share. And now it starts to grow and you keep having a source to share. So, 
I often make people do an exercise where I say to them, who are the receivers and who are the givers? Oh, well, I always give. So I say, okay. And I line up four on, along the, the one side of the wall. And I say to the people, okay, so you're the giver. Yes. Okay, I want you to take, and I'll take something like M&Ms or Skittles or something. I want you to go and give it to one of those four and then come back. And I keep them coming, coming and going back and forth. But each time they go back that way, I tell the people on the other side, eat it and hold your hand out again. So we can do that for about an hour and eventually they say, I'm done. And I say, why? I'm empty. I've got nothing left. Exactly. Now, if I give you this whole bowl of Skittles or M&Ms or whatever it is, then what? And the light goes on and they go, oh, I'd have some for me. I'd have some for all of them. I could keep doing things that would bring money is the most wonderful adventure. It wants to be in good hands. It wants to grow and then it wants to be shared and it wants to be taught. Because Yes, it, it, it wants to grow. Okay, so this is very, very good. Let's put this into practice, uh, practicum with Sharina. Sharina, okay. you can unmute yourself now and ask your question. Sharina's just seeing that she's locked in manifestation and receiving and family went through lots of loss. Hi, Sharina, welcome. Hey, Lauren. Hey, Judy. Hi. Okay, so I'm going to take a look with you. You said you went. they went through lots of, of loss and you've been through the same in your own life. And so, of course, you've got the anxiety and fear around money. One of the things that you want to recognize is that we have two sets of nervous systems. We have our own and we have the collective nervous system. So the family nervous system or the cultural nervous system. And if you're plugged into a nervous system that goes, we don't have, we don't have, we're going to lose it, we're going to lose it, then that's all that you hear, it's all that you think, and it's all that you feel. Would that be accurate? That's true. How do we get rid of the other nervous system, though? You don't <laughs> do we get, get rid, rid of it? Or? You don't get rid oh. of it. What you do is you thank it. Because here's what it's doing that's a gift. It's saying to you, hey, this is what happened to us. Are you going to do the same thing? And your choice is either I repeat it or you look at that and go, enough, enough. I need to do this differently. Thank you all for, for making it or, or getting me to a place where one of us could say that's enough and that's me. And when you say that's enough, they've done their job. That whole piece where there was loss is over. You've looked at it. You can see that there was loss. And now you, you start to pivot your language and you go, so where can I find? How can I build? Where can I feel a little courageous with money? So now you're changing it. One new thought, one new feeling. I had, I had somebody who said to me, I can't invest. That's gambling and you could lose it. And I said, hold on. There are many ways for you to invest that are safe. And she went, no, there aren't. So we went and looked together. And of course, there are. And that was just enough for her to be able to say, I can grow money. So you want to look at in my own way, just one step. What can I do to grow? 
and then be careful that you don't go, well, I'm done. That same person said to me, I've backslid. Why? And I said, it's very easy. When you, when you started to emerge and it came out really well, it was because you had two main goals. She said, yes. And I hit them. I said, exactly. She said, yeah. And then I said, that was the point. You stopped there. You didn't say, and now what's next? You don't do two goals and quit. You go, so what's next? And what's next? Money needs to grow and it needs to flow, but it needs you to tell it where. So in your family system, there's been a big story about loss and there's been a lot of fear around it. You're the one who starts to tell a different story. You have a look at what small thing can I do with money? What's a new thought that I can have about money? And in fact, the fact that you've actually asked the question and said, what can I do? Means you know there's a different possibility. You're already asking and, and having one new thought. There is a different possibility. So that's one new thought. What's the new feeling? What, what would be a new feeling for you around that? I just can't seem to get that thought. Okay, so let's let's do this together. You you okay. asked me the question, which means you're saying to me, I know that more is possible. Would that be accurate? That's true. Okay, so we know that more is possible. When you say that, how does that feel? Yeah, that's a misalignment. What I'm saying does I don't feel that. Okay, so you don't know that more is possible. I know it intellectually. But, but you with, don't know it here. To, yes. Okay, so let me ask you this. What if you were to ask yourself, I wonder if more is possible? What would happen? I wonder, I wonder if more is possible. What would happen? It's a lot of, it's like panic. Okay. So when you've got that panic going on, what you're doing is you're more loyal to an unconscious loyalty to the family system. So what you haven't identified mm -hmm. for yourself yet is something that is so strong for you that you want so much that it's bigger than the panic. So for me, when I moved over to the, to the US, I moved over with nothing, nothing. And there was a lot of panic. And it, it was when I, I looked at the Disney piece and I went, I want Disney timeshare one day. I'm just going to start putting a dollar in. I know it sounds absolutely impossible because it's expensive, but I'm going to start. And I will tell you that the minute I did that, it was like, Okay, I have an adventure. And uh, by the way, I didn't share it with anybody because all too often we share with people who are, who are in that same pattern. And if you do that, all that's going to happen is they're going to say, but you know that can't happen. So now you've got a double whammy. So I was very quiet, yeah. but it was so exciting. 
just the idea. So what I would do is when, when things were rough, I would sit down and think, just imagine if I had that timeshare. And I would allow myself 15 to 20 seconds of pure joy at the idea. And it grew because now I knew I wasn't just locked into those thoughts. I could actually create different thoughts. Does that make sense? Yes. And I want you to also notice, and we all do this, I was exactly where you were. People would say, you know, you're going to do better at some point, and I'd go, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't see it. I had to teach myself to think the one new thought. In other words, what is, is there a possibility? And then just allow myself to feel it. Didn't have to be that I was going to do it tomorrow. And what was the action I would take? You're going, you're going to laugh at this, but I had a thing about picking up pennies or picking up coins because what I did was if I picked up a penny or picked up any coin, it didn't matter how much it was. The sheer joy of finding money and saying that's more started to build for me a sense of what more felt like. So I took every opportunity that I could find and, and looked at ways that money would show up for me. If somebody takes you out for dinner, that's money playing with you. If somebody takes you out to the movies, that's money playing with you. When you walk in and somebody says, oh, no, no, that, that top that you wanted isn't $40 or $50. It's marked down to $10 today. That's money playing with you. Money keeps trying to flow in and show you how much it's willing to play with you and wanting to grow with you. And that's the piece that you've got to start letting in is, yes, there is that. And yes, there is the opposite. Now, a very simple exercise for you would be to write down, it's scary, we've had lots of loss, and write that down on a piece of computer paper and put it at one end of the room. Then at the other end of the room, write down what you wish that you thought and felt and had around money and put the two facing each other. Then stand on the one that you know and feel it and think the thoughts that are there, actually say them out loud and then see if you can start walking towards the other one. And as you find yourself pushed back, Think about what do you need to take one step forward? What one thing, what one resource do you need to take one step forward? And when you take that step forward, then ask yourself again, what am I thinking? What am I feeling? What action am I wanting to take? And when, when what you want over on this side is so strong that you can't resist it, it's going to pull you past the other side with all of the excuses and all of the impossibilities, and it will take you all the way to the other side. Does that make sense? Yes, I it's, think so. 
I'm going to tell you, try it. And I'm going to say, let Lauren know and let me know what happens for you. Because as you do this, what, what you're mm -hmm. doing as well is you're going to teach yourself to see it, to talk it out loud, to feel it, keep feeling in your heart and your gut. And you're going to, because you're doing that, you're going to have an embodied shift because you're using multiple senses. You're seeing it, hearing it, talking it, walking it. And simply notice what pushes you back. Is it that mom said, only greedy people have it? Is it that dad said, we always lose everything? And so you watch them and you have that too. And then ask yourself, okay, I understand this really well. But what does Sharina think? Not everybody else. What do I think? And what do I want? And you may have tears. I send my clients on money walks all the time. Because when I did a money walk, it changed everything for me. I went on a walk and I spoke to money for about an hour and a half. And I came back in tears and I came back with a very open heart. And on the way back, I picked up a $1 bill, a $5 bill, a $10 bill, a $20 bill, a $50 bill and a $100 bill. And that's when I knew money was not an inanimate object. It was actually slow and it was talking. So you've got to also very basically begin to understand that you are in relationship with money. Ask it how you can be a good friend. Ask it how it needs you to show up so that it can show up. Does that help? Oh, Judy. Yes. Yes, thank you. Th thank you for the uh, clarification. When, can you clarify when you said that you, $10 showed up and then $20 and then $50 and then $100. I mean, Are literally. That, like you found them? I found it. I was walking back. And what happened for me was there were a lot of tears because I realized that as a young person, I'd been good friends with it. And then as I grew up, I moved into fear of it because I'd had parents and grandparents who'd also struggled. And so I took that on like you did. But it was while I was talking to it, and then I said to it, I really, really want to understand you. And I want you to show up for me. And I want to show up for you. And as I walked back, I literally picked those up. People were walking past and I was going, this is not possible. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It happened. Wow. Yep. But it was also because oh, I stopped sharing. the excuses. I, I got sick and tired of being sick and tired. Yeah, I think I am not think, but I am there right now. And it's like, I'm done. Let's move right. on. Do you, do you hear the change in your own voice? Because I, I just did. When you said I'm done, your voice suddenly came in loud and clear and very much more solid. That's your first step. If you say I'm done, there's your first new thought. When you said I'm done, how did you feel? Wow, good. There's your, there's your first new feeling. 
and you actually took an action. You actually said, I'm done. That was not just a statement, that was an action. So you get to put down that old pattern and you now get to start a new one. And here's what I always say to people and they say, but what if? Okay, give yourself 30 days and invest in those thoughts, feelings and actions and watch. You've got absolutely nothing to lose by changing your thoughts, your feelings and your action. You have nothing to lose, but you've got a lot to gain. Thank you. You are very welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you. Uh, there was a confidence in your voice and yes. that is the gumption. And there's many tools that you can use as you shift your relationship with money. And again, Judy has a class. She teaches this all around the world. She teaches workshops in person, and we're so fortunate to have her being able to teach on our platform at New Earth One, and we hope that you and everyone join us because it's transformational, and it really is steering our consciousness with money and making that right relationship with money. You know, um, as, as we, Judy, you work for yourself, yes? Um, I do. I do. And, and so for those of us who left the corporate world or whatever, and, and we strike off on our own, there were belief systems there too, that were really hard to mm, shift. I wanted to say fight or battle, but shift because you have to work hard for money. Right. And so these belief systems um, don't even let us rest and be at peace in our own skin and our own body. So it's very deep and it's all encompassing. So the work that you're doing, Judy, is really beautiful in helping people transform it. One thought, one feeling, one action at a time. Yes. So it's your, your beautiful workshop. I wanted to bring up, I'm going to share the link in our Zoom audience and it's in our, um, where people are watching or listening to this video, you'll find it. But there's a chart on here the seven levels of money. And I'm going to share my screen right now because right. I think this is worthy of showing because it's where it's where it, 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 it illustrates the route for us to take. So here is a chart, the seven levels of money. Can you explain what's going on here? Absolutely. So the seven levels of, of money, um, you can see there are two triangles. Your first one is your survival triangle. So what happens is you, you, you have to master that first one. I can take care of business. I can take care of my financial needs. We're in survival. We're all good. I'm going to ask you if it's possible to make it just the teeniest bit bigger. I don't know if it is. But the, the flip side to that is I never have it. I never have enough. It never comes to me. And this is where we get stuck. We start to move up through a level one when we say, I can take care of myself, I can grow, I can expand. So you have the two, right? You've got those two systems rivaling each other. And by the way, a, a level one is no better than a level seven because a level one, if you really master it well, if you get a kick in the gut and it's possible, 
you go straight back to level one to say, how did I survive this? What did I do? What do I need to do? So it's your survival kit. It's great. Then the next thing is relationships. The way that we belong in relationships also touches very deeply on money. Some of us will say, well, you know, I'm not good enough for so-and-so. They're out of my league. I can't really fit in. And, and so um, we will also say, my parents uh, didn't have it. I can't have it. I can't relate. I can't be with people. Um, or I have money and I'm allowed to belong. Yes, I have money. I get to belong. And Lorraine, you'll, you'll understand this, I think, beautifully because you've been through that cycle. There is a feeling of, I don't know if I'm getting it right, or I don't know if I belong, or how do I belong? And, and when you start to change that, there is a very different sense of, I can breathe here. I can breathe a little bit more. I can do more. Does that sound right to you too? Mm -hmm. So then yeah. you, get, you get to self-esteem. And yes, quite often we link money and self-esteem. I don't have it. I'm not worthy of it. I'm not qualified enough. I didn't do enough. Um, it can't come to me. I don't have 33 degrees. But also when we start to work with it and we, we and money and, and we become better friends, it's yes, I work hard for what I have. I have money and now I have worth. And we do link those. We would like to think we don't, but we absolutely do. Uh, I, I have standing here. I too can go to this party or belong in this arena. Then we get to a stage where we say, there has got to be more to life than this. It can't just be slog. It can't just be work, work, work for money and no play and there's no balance. And that's where Sharina just was, where she's saying enough already. I'm done with this. I can't do this. I want something more. And that's when we start to shift. If you look, you'll see the, the red writing, which are all the watch outs and the, the negative pieces or the limiting cycles. And suddenly, as you move into that green one, it begins to breathe differently. It begins to feel differently. Now money isn't a slog anymore money starts to be an adventure. And it's like, oh, I wonder what I could do to partner better with money so that we can have more of that and be more with it and do more with it and have adventures with the people we love and become that philanthropist because, yes, that's what we want to do. When flow comes in, we really want to expand it and see all the things we can do. What adventure could I have? Could I be somebody who... Gave entrepreneurs a chance. Could I be, could I take the whole family and say, now nobody else needs to struggle. Let's do this. What we're really saying is we want to grow the money consciousness, not just for us, but for everyone, because it's so much fun and it's joyful and it's passionate. And that's when we also wake up to the, the whole idea that now I have appetite for life. I recognize I have an adventure. I'm on the adventure. So when we get to the internal cohesion, that's the head, heart, gut. I made it. I earned it. I'm worth it. We start to say, yeah, you know what? I did do stuff to get here. I'm not ashamed of it. We don't go hiding it. 
We don't tell people, I don't talk about it. We don't talk about money. Now we do. But we talk about it because we're sharing it. We're passionate about it. We want others to have it too. Money is a very sharing creature or, or flow. It really is. It wants to be all over the place with a nice, good wrap. So we, we create that internal cohesion. And then making a difference. Being the philanthropist, it, now this is going to sound odd, but I think you'll get it. It feels actually quite lovely and in tune with the universe when we start to get to the philanthropy piece of it, when we start to say, I understand money and I really love it and it does amazing things. Look, it's a friend. It's not a stranger. I respect it. I invest it. I watch it. It is a dynamic being. I will be a good voice for it and a kind, wise steward. And at that point, we then, and we invite others to come. It's not pushing, it's inviting. Because until you're willing to make the journey, I can push all I want. It's going to do nothing. Sharina actually doesn't realize it, but she made a shift. She went from, yeah, I'm not sort of really feeling it to enough. That was a shift. And the enough was beautiful because it will, it will pull her into the green one and then further up. She's going to now start going, what can I do? Not what can't I do? And as you elevate up, it's then I am abundant. I understand that flow and abundance are quite natural, that it comes from the God, the guides, the universe, whatever you want to call it. And my money comes from there too. So what are we doing when we reject it? I love this. This is beautiful. This is the mindset and it absolutely works. It is real and it is powerful. Thank you so much for sharing this. Um, you know, we, we talk about money games that we play and the money games, we can go into those if you'd like to learn them. You probably have your own money games, but this is what shifts us. This is what helps us shift past the, the thoughts of, I don't have enough. I don't, I, I'm not worthy of it. I give too much away into enjoying it and having fun. And I just want to say that the philanthropy of it the the exercise that I mentioned earlier about spending thousand dollars every day and two thousand dollars the next day is that we get to a point if we can get to it's a it's a it's a interesting to try to get to 30 days because we look up and go, oh my gosh, I got too much money. I don't know where to put it. But that's exactly what makes us start looking at other people and coming up with ideas to fund a better world, to make the world a better place and to become a philanthropist. So I thought of ideas to um, fund, I, you know, I would buy um, a piano for someone in my life that loves to sing. I would buy recording equipment for that person to make them a success. I would create scholarship programs for high school students to go overseas after in, in high school or after high school. I think that's very important. And so this opened me up to things that I never would have even conceived because we were in that survival or the struggle mode with money. And so this is a mindset that absolutely works. And it's so beautiful that you're bringing this forward and assisting so many people. I want to just say that on my 50th birthday, after going through my own journey, I took all my friends out. Instead of me saying, who's buying me dinner? I bought all of them dinner. And that was beautiful. And it felt and so good. Yes. 
Oh, it felt so powerful. It really felt very powerful. So um, it's beautiful. And this is, wow, this is what exactly what we're talking about. The sharing, the sharing. Oh, of- the sharing is the best fun. You know this. You did that for your 50th. I've had people who've taken their whole group down to uh, Mexico on, on vacation. Yes. One of my favorite ones is... Um, throughout the year, just to tuck little bits away. And I love doing this and then get to the end of the year and put it in envelopes. And then what I do is I walk around the shops, one of the malls or something, and I just listen. And I listen and I wait for somebody to say, I wish I could do that, but you know, we can't afford it. Uh And I I put it down. And then there's there's a little piece inside that says, you can do more than you think you, you, you could. Here's the beginning. And then, and I just put it down and I walk off and I, I don't give them enough time to come after me. It just walk and go. But I can tell you by the time I've, I've done that, I am feeling so good. It, it, it's the most amazing feeling. Oh, thank you for that. That's a, that's a beautiful little money game as well. And I like to call them love bombs, right? Mm-hmm. Take a $20 bill and just give it to someone who's not expecting it. Maybe it's the maid in the hotel or someone who's just not expecting it. It's a bomb of love. And so that's powerful because not only does it make us explode in love, but it helps them explode in love as well. And that's an energy that is so nourishing. And, you know, here's another thing. I just want to share this because these are I hope that it's helpful for everyone. And again, it just illustrates the mindset, the mindset, you know, um, uh, when you're in a store and you say, oh, I can't afford it. I don't have the money. What if you carry? I, I still do. But in the beginning for me, I would carry a hundred dollar bill when I barely had a different, I barely had enough money in my bank account, but I would carry a hundred dollar bill. So I could no longer say I didn't have money. I love that. And I think that's huge. And I, I also carry a hundred dollar bill. Yes, I do. Because it, it keeps me aware. It keeps me aware of not being limited. And it's completely about the mindset because yes. the mindset becomes the truth. That is everything. The minute you start opening up to that, everything starts to change. You're hundred percent right. Yes, um, the mindset, it starts to change. It's really beautiful. One thing that I started as well, and this is a time when it was not true in my life, maybe Sharina feels this too, but I started saying, I pay all my bills on time. And I was thinking, well, I'm contradicting myself. How in the world am I going to pay? All my- I, I, I don't. <laughs> but because I said, I pay all my bills on time. I pay all my bills on time. I pay- and I'm happy when I pay my bills. I pay all my bills on time. Pretty soon, because of that mindset, I started to pay my bills on time. When we're in a survival mode, it's so easy to let that credit card bill go and then you get a late fee. And let's not even talk about NSF fees, non-sufficient fund fees. Those should be illegal, but they're not. Hopefully they teach people lessons. But if we just shift, I pay all my bills on time, that's very powerful. And I want to share one more. Well, there's so many that I could share, but another one is tipping. Tipping. My family would always calculate the bill, the tip, so that the bill amount would be zero, zero. 
you know, $23.00. Right. So the tip would be a dollar and 78 cents. Right. And that is limiting. And so instead we shifted and I used the numbers, the magic of repeating numbers, $11.11 or $2.22. And I would use that as the tip and the waiter would come and pick it up. And that would be an activation in that person's heart. I know that may sound a little woo woo, but oh, you would- no, I think it's brilliant. Well, the people, the, the, they would say, why 1111 or why to, you know, why, but that's just, maybe it just strikes up a conversation or it helps them see the angel numbers that are all around them. And so these are just, I love that. Yeah. And I know that you work with people and you help shift these mindsets. So let's talk about your workshop. We are excited for this. Again, you work with people all over the world and in person on these workshops, and we are fortunate to have two sessions with you. So it's not just a single session, but tell us what goes on here and, and why the two sessions? Okay, so we're going to do two sessions together. What goes on here is I'm going to teach you what emotional DNA is. Because until you understand emotional DNA, you won't understand money DNA. So you really need to understand the, those building blocks. And then I'll teach you the principles in all living systems. Because those principles are at the root of every single issue we have, and they are also the way into every single answer that we need. So we will do that. Then it's talking about the money inheritance. And really, for me, I like an interactive one. So I love it when there are lots of things coming at me in the chat screen, because then I know that I can interact with people lifetime and, the, and we can work through pieces. Now, the other thing that I think I will probably do is bring my board with. Typically at an event, a live event, what I do is I use live representatives because we are very, very able to accurately sense into each other's systems. We've just never been taught that that's what we do. So when people say to me, what do you mean? I say, think about it this way. You watch America's Got Talent, American Idol, one of those, and you see somebody get into the zone and you get goosebumps. You just sensed into their system. You watch somebody struggle on, on, on the news and you go, you just sensed into their system and we do this. So what I do is I use a board because we don't have, it's not live. I use a board with figurines. But what's happening is I'm teaching you to dimensionalize your issues so that you can see it, feel it, think it, hear it, walk it. And I teach you how to do that at home. And so that's what we do probably in the first one. In the second one, it would be a whole lot of what do you bring? Let's work this out. And then what we may choose to do is to sit with an, a, a live issue and use the board and then work it so that everybody can see. And if we have the space and time, then what we do is we maybe say to some of the people who are sitting in the gallery watching, will you please represent the father, the mother, the money, the issue, and just let people know what's happening for you. And you'll find that they start to say things that are really helpful. So we're going to be working with not just systemic work, but systemic work, constellations, and money DNA, so that people are going to get a nice sense of walking away, having learned and experienced something, because the other piece that's important is we have common money 
mindsets. So if I do a piece of work with you, the chances are very strong that Sharina and um, I think it's Astaris and all of the others are going to go, oh, that's me, that's me, that's me. And so it starts again, that conversation, and it starts the connections. And by the end of the workshop, they will understand as well where to find it, how it shows up, what the pattern is that's trying to stop, what the pattern is that's trying to start, and how they're going to go about making those happen. Yes, get ready, because this is empowerment. It really is empowerment, and it's time, right? Sharina said she's done. I know that lightworkers, we are the economy. I, I love this mindset as well, that um, no matter what happens in the economy, look, when we go through 2008, that was a little bobble in the economy, and it was um, not felt by us and our family because we had transcended that. With a right. mindset that we the people, we the people are the economy. We are, if we truly understand that and know that, then when we go and spend our money, we enjoy spending our money. We can see the flow. I want to just share a, an example. I had, as I was breaking through in the final days, breaking through my poverty consciousness, lack consciousness, I was hit by a number of bills. I won't go too deep into this story, but we had an $8,000 car bill. Then we had another $4,000 car bill. Then we had a $1,200 problem with my car. And then my car needed four new tires. And I was like, oh. And then I'm sitting at the tire store watching the young man change my tires. And I saw how my money was going to his table. And I saw him sitting there with his wife and small baby. And I saw how we that my money that it was going to help him and that was just a miraculous feeling for me that was one of the final shifts for me in understanding the flow of money and let it go freely and enjoy spending it so this is transformational and you do incredible work helping people with their mindset to the point where we really hope that all the healers who are watching this all of the people who are moving into their own business or anyone trying to get a grip on this mindset, join us because it's time on our planet to live this way and to move in this beautiful relationship with money. It's not a four-letter word. It's here to support us and to give us an adventure that is so beautiful. Is there anything else more you'd like to share on this aspect? Um, yes. Money, money is one of the most incredible gifts we've been given. And you're right, it's time to stop. We have meta patterns around money. In other words, global patterns. We've been taught that it's wrong, that it's lack, that if you take, I lose. And if I take, you lose. Instead of there's plenty, plenty to be made and plenty to be shared. I would love for people to, to come and explore this with us because as you said, it's time, I think it's time for the great sleep to stop. It's time for us to realize that everything that we need is literally inside of us and in front of us. And it's time for us to reach out. And yes, I think it's Astaris who said constellation work is amazing too. It's been used traditionally for a long time as trauma work. 
it's now shifting to transformational work. And so what you're going to learn as well is you have a gift, you have a money pattern in your family system or, or your organization. It contains a gift. There is always, always, always a gift. No matter how difficult it looks, there is always a gift. You're going to find the gift. You're going to learn the art of the reframe. And we will be using constellation so that you can shift. That's beautiful. So for those who are unfamiliar with constellation work, can you define what that is? Yeah, absolutely. So um, systemic work and constellations very quickly. Systemic work is looking at you within the context of the whole system. You aren't just you because you dropped onto planet Earth. You're the result of many, many who came before you. So we look at that whole piece and see what is incomplete and what's trying to cycle through and wake up and reframe. And then with a constellation, that is the 3D version of what you carry here. We take it out of here and we put it in front of you. In other words, we dimensionalize it. So we define all of the components of your issue. Maybe it's mom, dad, sister, brother, money, career. And each one, I, I then ask the client to set it up for, for them, at least set it up the way it is for them. So they might position mom and dad together, brother off to one side, sister looking off in the distance. And then we start to ask questions about that. Why are these too close? Why are these so far apart? What's happening for each one? What happens for you as you look at that? So when you look at money, what happens for you? And with that, we get to the core languages or the really deep parts of it. And you, you then get into the emotional DNA and see how it's limiting and start a reframe. And because it's an embodied experience, you get that aha moment and the jolt and the shift. And so now you rewire very, very quickly in the brain, in the head, the heart, and the gut. But you rewire your brain the opposite way to the way that you would if you were in the middle of a trauma. It lays it down that quickly, as quickly as, as it would if it were a traumatic experience. Only this is the transformational experience. We are ready to rewire. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Judy Wilkins-Smith. What a beautiful presentation today. We're excited for your course. We're going to let you go because you're going to go catch a plane to go teach your course. Yes. Yes. So um, thank you, beautiful Zoom audience and, and everyone watching and listening to this. We really do hope that you're ready for this transformation. It is time and it is real and it does happen. And it's so beautiful. If you're ready to make a difference in our world, beginning with your own life and your own flow of money, this is a beautiful experience for us. And Judy, we're so grateful that you are offering this on New Earth One Network. As we say goodbye, I want to give you a few moments to share any final thoughts. First of all, thank you for having me. I am so grateful. And thank you for, for the time that we could do it. Because for everyone who doesn't know, Lorraine very graciously agreed to do it a little bit earlier so that I could go and catch that plane. And then one thing for you to know, you are a remarkable life. If only you know how to see it. And your flow is right in front of you. Just open your heart so you can open your eyes. Beautiful. 
opening our heart and receiving the beautiful abundance that awaits us as well and the magic that fuels our dreams the funds that will fuel our passion and our dreams thank you thank you thank you judy wilkins smith namaste thank you and thank you everyone for being here again you can find the link to this upcoming workshop with judy on the description box or in our chat box here there will be a replay. Stay tuned. Come back to this show page. And we honor you and love you so much. Thank you all for being here. Namaste. Thank you for listening to this quantum conversation. And thank you for dancing with us to the cosmic heart. As we raise our own vibration, we raise the vibration of the planet. This show is dedicated to you and all awakening hearts as we are here to shine our bright light and amplify our love. Access all quantum conversations, special offers from our guests, and online healing retreats by visiting AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and from my sacred heart to yours, I honor your magnificent love and light. We leave you now with music from the universe. Music literally created by the universe as musical notes were assigned to mathematical equations. The result is this beautiful music available at AcousticHealth.com. Namaste.